Well, what's going on, Blog KC? How are we doing today? It's exciting. I feel like there's more of you than the last time I was here. That's kind of cool. Um, well, if I've not met you before, um, it has been a few months since I've been able to come here and speak. My name is Ryan. Um, I'm a student minister over at Legacy Christian Church, so I'm typically used to speaking to like 11-year-olds um, who are like actively like watching TikTok like while I'm preaching. So if you see some odd, like, odd behavior, it's, I try to do some engagement stuff. Um, but tonight's a really cool topic, and I was really excited for this series um, uh, 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 because it's hopefully something super practical. And, and I was really um, thankful that they asked me to come speak because I don't always get to um, do all this kind of stuff with some of the student ministry topics that we, that we talk about over at the church. So I, I'm, I'm really excited to get into this, this lifestyle series with you guys and, and, and pick up where you guys left off. So last week you guys talked about work, is that correct? Uh, for anybody that was here. Well, this week we're going to be talking a little bit more about rest and recreation and what we do maybe when we're not working and, and, and why that's such an important thing. So I have a question I want you guys to talk about as we get started. When it comes to rest, relaxation, free time, when it comes to all that, what is your ideal day? Like, like the, the perfect day off. I want you to talk about that with your neighbor. I want you to start dreaming. You get, you get whatever you want. Talk about it right now. Go. The perfect, ideal, restful day. All right, y'all, let's rally back. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear, I want to be inspired. I feel like my days off have been, you know, they've been okay. My ideal day off is like sleep in, drink coffee, take my, I have two like monster dogs. I take my dogs for a walk, hang out with my wife. This is my wife, Robin, up here. You ever say, what's up, Robin? You can do better than that. Say, yo. Yo. What's up, Robin? What's up, Robin? So I like to hang out with my wife on my day off. Like Saturdays, I'm like, phones down. I'm just chilling. But what about you guys? What do you guys, what's the perfect day? Let's start, I'm going to pick on this section over here. You guys look kind of introverted over on the far wing. What? Co coffee, coffee shop. Okay, not coffee at home. You're doing, going to a coffee shop. Okay, you got a coffee shop preference? Oh. Dang, sweet tea's the bean. I was expecting her to go full millennial, be like pilgrim. You know, or, uh, okay, cool, coffee shops, what else, what do we got? Ideal day off, perfect day. This, this section over here. Come on. Oh, man, sleeping in with no alarm, that's amazing. I love that. Okay, maybe somebody over here, you guys, I'm just not going to pick on you, you know? I mean, I just feel bad for you, there's the four of you. So, but, so what, about, what about over here, what do we got? Perfect, come on, good stuff. A massage, he's like, dude, he said there was no, no limit. Massage on the beach? Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. It's like a sandals commercial. You know, you're like, that's what I want. I, that is exactly what I want. That's amazing. I mean, doesn't everybody feel, you know, you're, you're dreaming. Don't you, feel, don't you feel relaxed right now? You're thinking about the perfect day. You're like, I'm so rested. But then, like, what, what do most of our days look like? I think I got a picture uh, most of our days feel something kind of like, we had the picture of the dude all stressed out, you know, maybe, maybe possibly, we have a slideshow, possibly, that guy, yeah, anybody ever feel like this guy? I don't know, his name could be like Mike or something, and Mike's calendar's full, and he has 5,309 unread emails, and they just keep coming, then raise your hand if you've had a day like that, maybe even this week, you're like, most of my daily life is filled to the brim with things that are frustrating and challenging, and tough. I mean, and then we, we, we live these lives so often that are really jam-packed, full of work and all these different commitments, and a lot of it's great stuff, um, some of it's stuff that we wouldn't necessarily want to do. So finally, 
We can find ourselves at the end of the day or going into the weekend and we finally have just a little bit of free time and downtime at the end of the day. So what do we do with it? You know, we go into the weekend and we're looking for what we call maybe, quote, rest, which is different for all of us. You know, and we find ourselves and we turn to a lot of different things, you know, like some of us like to game and some of us are like show people like Rob and I are pretty big show. You know, like we're always kind of working through a show or two. Um, Some people are like, yo, my ideal Saturday is like, I like watching college football all day long. You know, that's more your speed. You're like, like, we got any gamers in the house? Anybody like to play a couple games before you go to bed? Yeah, we got a couple couple folks in the back. Of course, the entire tech booth raises their hand. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. You know, I don't know what what it is, right? Like, we all have different things that we turn to. Some of us maybe are are more harmless things. Some of these things we maybe like a little more higher octane. You know, that's maybe uh, th- those of us that, you know, and, and not trying to shame anybody here, but some of us have found ourselves turning to things more like drugs and alcohol, you know, or maybe other relationships in our life, you know, that, that maybe have, have not been the most beneficial for us, um, that we turn to to try to relax and wind down um, in our life. And we live in this really weird world, if you think about it, like in our modern world, like, because we have access to amazing things like, like, like the internet, and, and, and we have cars that we can drive around, and we live in, like, a digital age where it's like we are in this world where everything is constantly nonstop. Like, we have access to so much stuff that, like, the ancient world never had to even worry about. Like, it's almost a luxury. Like, like they lived such a quiet, slower life where they could really, like, when they were done with work, you had to, like, literally walk home or, like, ride your donkey home, you know, and so you could kind of, like, debrief the day before you got home. You know, now it just never stops, and that can cause a lot of problems in our life when we, and so we try to rest with these things that, that oftentimes leave us feeling a little more dry than we, than we thought that we would, and if we're not careful, we need to be, we need to just be aware that we are constantly connected and being sucked in to a lot of different things that, that, that aren't really restful for our soul. And I just kind of want to address a problem here. I think many of us turn to these things thinking they're going to give us rest, thinking that they're going to really solve a problem. You know, I, I don't know what it could be for you, but I think a lot of us, if we're all honest, keep turning to the same things over and over and over again, thinking that they're going to bring us some true rest when in reality they're not and it's not like everything that we turn to for rest in our life is bad or evil i'm not going to sit here and tell you like you know you know tv's evil you know but like the the reality is is like some of these things that we turn to just aren't really fulfilling us they're not filling up our cup and they're not recharging our battery um so i was talking to the, the 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 block board and they really wanted me to break this news to you that the solution to our, our, our problem is to go start an Amish community. So if you want to sign up for that, you can go talk to the people with the lanyards in the back. We're going to put on all of our cell phones in together. And, like, that's the only solution. You know, like, I, hey, I don't want to knock anybody who's like, you know, if you're like, yo, my grandpa was Amish, dude. What the heck? You know, like, that's totally cool. I respect it. I respect it. But, like, you know, I mean, if we, like, we can't rewind the clock. You know, we can, we're not going to go back to another era in life. You know, unless, like, you know, we have, like, nuclear war or something crazy. Like, you're stuck with your cell phone for a while. Like, we've got to learn how to live life in this crazy world with different rhythms that, that bring us life. That most people in our culture aren't living. 
So the question is, like, what do we do? Like, what do we do with that? What should we do? And we're going to look a little bit tonight, actually a lot, is like, what would Jesus do? You know, that kind of classic, cheesy, you know, WWJD. But seriously, what would Jesus do when it comes to finding true rest and recreation in our life? And I hope that tonight... we're going to get into a, 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 some, some really practical stuff and teaching from God's word about some, some helpful habits and rhythms that we can hopefully start. And it might be revealing of maybe some rhythms, and I hope that you can have some good conversation later about maybe some rhythms in your life that you might need to stop. But when it comes to this idea of rest and recreation, I mean, what's the point of it, even in the first place? I mean, is it just for fun? Is it, is it to, to stave off boredom so that we can kind of like unwind just so we can get back to work? And, and this is really something that I wanted to, to nail home tonight is that rest is for recreation. That's really my main point. And you're thinking that you're like, doesn't, shouldn't that be like backwards? You'd be like, wouldn't you think in your mind like recreation's for rest? You know, and I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of recreation. If you're thinking of like, you know, like intramural sports when you were in college or you think of like, you know, these guys. You know, this is probably the first thing when I hear the word recreation that comes to my mind. Any Parks and Rec fans in the house? Yeah, yeah, nerds in the tech booth again. Man, killing it with the responses. No, just kidding. Just messing with you guys. But I want to take that word, recreation, and I kind of want to turn it upside down and, and really build the rest of tonight's talk off this idea of it's not really recreation, but if you just take that word, and we're going to talk about what it means to be re created because if you look at the whole biblical narrative like the whole point of following jesus is that we have this this need to be recreated in our life and if you look at the bible you'll see that god is in the business of recreating when we make a decision to follow jesus and surrender our lives to him god's word tells us we are recreated in christ second corinthians five seventeen says therefore if anyone is in christ the new creation has come The old is gone, the new is here. When Jesus is talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, maybe some of you all have heard that that, that, that verse John 3.16 before, you know, this very famously quoted, but the whole, most of that chapter is a conversation with Nicodemus, this Jewish guy who's very religious, who knew a lot of the right answers, and was really curious. He's like, there's something different about Jesus. And he goes to him and he has a conversation, and Jesus tells him, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Kind of a weird phrase. And Nicodemus is lost. He's like, what do you mean I need to be born again? And Jesus is like, I'm not talking about you being like physically born again. I'm talking about you being spiritually recreated. See, this is what God does with us when we start to follow him, that we're forgiven for our sin when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and the work that he did for us on the cross, that we believe as Christians, and maybe, I know that not everyone in the room is a Christian and you're kind of exploring your faith, but this is core of what we believe, that when we place our faith and trust in Jesus and the sacrifice of what he did when he broke his body and shed his blood on the cross for us and that he rose again, showing that he was king over sin and death, and we say, man, There's something there for me. I want Jesus to be king of my life. And that moves from our head into our heart, into our actions, that there's something that happens inside of us, that we are recreated and we're forgiven from our sin. What the Bible tells us is that we're filled up with God's Holy Spirit, his presence with us all the time. And we know that happens when we repent and turn from our sin and trust Jesus, right? But the amazing thing about the Christian life is that continues to happen every single day. That every single day we have a new opportunity to be recreated in Christ. 
I got a question. Is anybody like those like uh, restoration, you know, like fix or flip it shows or like, you know, like the one where they take like the antique cars, you know, and, and they take that. Does anybody, anybody fans of those shows? Anybody, I, I love seeing the before and after. So like, I think we've got a couple before and after pictures. You know, this, so this is one I was just Googling them on the internet. Like, like it's crazy seeing like rooms like this. Now they took, I don't even know what room this is, but then they flipped it and turned it into this like crazy living room. They totally demoed the entire thing. Or look at the car. The picture of the car, like, like you know, it's, it's amazing to take these pieces of junk. People take something that's basically completely worthless, and they, they remodel it, and they recreate it into something that it's still the same thing, but it has a new life, and it has new, you know, new blood in it. And I think that a lot of times we kind of feel like the old car or the old house, and that just daily life, just like that daily grind, it doesn't happen overnight. It starts to break us down and wear us down. And a lot of times we can go into our times of like, you know, and we tell ourselves, man, if I could just like, if I could just get to the weekend, then I could like feel like that new car again. If I could just get to the vacation, then I could like, I could just get through the next three months, then I could finally breathe. You know, have you ever told yourself some of that stuff? If I could just get like the right, the perfect like morning routine or workout routine or like with these little bits of time that we have, we feel like, man, I, I think I could get to the new car, the kind of feeling, that, rest, that restored feeling on my own. But I think if we're honest, like oftentimes our reality falls so short of that. And it makes me wonder, like, is there a way that we can live in rhythms of daily weekly being recreated as human beings alongside God. And I want to encourage you. I'm like, yes, I believe that personally. I've experienced a lot of this slowly over the years through changing a lot of things about the way I live my life. But it's also amazing to just see, like, it's part of God's design. But to do that, we have to kind of go back to the very beginning. And, and I really wanted to go here with you guys to look at the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 and 2. And, and, and we're going to look at a scripture here in just a second. But just to cue this scripture up, like what's happening in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 is a really cool scripture for so many reasons. Because the stories of God creating the world and creating, creating human beings, creating Adam and Eve. And outside of that story is so many things about who we are as people. It shows us who we are and the foundation for, for, for our gender and like our, our marriages and, and, our, and human relationships. It shows us the origin of sin and, and, and like this struggle between good and evil and why our world is the way that it is. It's like, it's amazing to see how these ancient stories that God has revealed to us are showing us who we are today. And what we're going to see is that God is up to something. Does anybody know what God is doing in Genesis chapter 1 and 2? What's God doing? Help me out. Yeah. He's creating the world. He's creating everything. He's creating the universe. He's creating the world, the animals, the grass. He, you know, if you haven't read it in a while, it's kind of a cool, little, cool story, obviously, to go back and read. I would encourage you to go study this passage. And we're seeing that God creates everything. But what happens at the end of the whole creation part? Does anybody remember what God does? Yeah, he rests. Obviously, you guys have been reading the scripture. It's been up there for a sec. But he rests. He stops working to rest. I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of a weird idea. Like God, like this infinite, all-powerful, all-knowing, like infinitely spiritual being, like stopping working on a, a day seven out of a week to rest. It's kind of a weird deal. I mean, like, you can read along with me on the screen. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. 
by the, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. I got a question. Has anybody ever felt burned out at their job? Anybody ever felt like the cartoon? I feel like literally like I've, I've seen like Robin in this, this pose where like her head's on her laptop like I can't do it anymore, you know, like after a really long day. Has anybody done this at work recently? You know, you feel this burnout feeling. Like what are the symptoms of burnout? You know, can you, can you, you know it's fatigue, it's, it's boredom, it's a lack of creativity. You know, you don't really want to work anymore. You know, like all these things that God is doing, like when we don't stop, like we start to break down with all of these you know, and I think if we're all honest, we've all felt that way in our work. And to be, to be straightforward with, like, why I believe this, that God put this in here, is that God didn't need to take off a day because he needed it, but God took a day off because he knew that we would need it. I mean, in, in the creation story, this is why studying your Bible is so powerful. This is why if you've never read any of the, like, these old stories in the Old Testament, like, you know, th- happening thousands of years before Jesus' life, they're so powerful because in every single passage, in every single story, it is God revealing who he is to us and Jesus modeling for you and I both how to work and how to rest in this case. I mean, because don't get me wrong, like you and I are, we're, as you guys talked about, we're, we're designed to work. Like work is a part of like what God is doing. He's modeling that for us. He's, he's a creator. Like God has created you and he's created I to create things and to build things. And to use our God-given gifts and abilities to make this world a better place and to honor and glorify God with our entire life, we know that, but we need to rest as well. That that Jesus modeled that for us in the creation story. It's a part of our design. And as we continue to see this, we're going to look at a few more scriptures, and I just wanted to hopefully be, um, be, be really practical with you guys um, as we're looking at this, and just ask a couple questions of what is Jesus modeling for us in the rest of his life and how to rest. And there's, uh, there's four rhythms I want to lean into for the rest of our time together. Um, and, and I, I kind of titled these four rhythms of recreation. Four rhythms of recreation, and I, I made a cute little acronym out of the word rest. What do you think about that? Hopefully you can be easy to remember. The first one is uh, this idea of getting refreshing relationships in your life i mean even in the creation story like god creates adam and he gives him a job to do right he tells him i want you to name the animals i want you to take care of the earth i want you to i want you to i've given you a role to do but he also saw that what that adam needed a a, he said "I, i it's not good for you to be alone that God created a companion for Adam and Eve to do work with and to, to, to keep him focused and for them to mutually support one another as a married couple. And he gave them a new job to be fruitful and to multiply and to take what God had given to them and, and, and multiply it out into the world. And we're not going to really talk about like just marriage relationships per se tonight, but I, I want to encourage you that even in that same story, we see God's heart is for you and I to be in life-giving, refreshing relationships. I mean, have you ever been in a, like a friend group or maybe you've dated somebody that's been like this where they just suck the life out of you? You know, you're like, like, maybe we have some fun together. You know, we might have good times, but they're definitely not good for me. 
I mean, I've been there. I, I remember, my, you know, this is my, like Luke Hoagland. He's over there in the back. Everybody wave back at Luke. Hey, Luke. I was hanging with some people my freshman year of college into my sophomore year of college that weren't good for me. They were a lot of fun, but they weren't life-giving to me. And then I met guys like Luke, and I met guys like Nick Swearingen, and, and these guys that were just different. They were dudes that were life-giving to me. They were refreshing to me, not just because they were fun dudes to hang out with, which they were, you know, and, and the list goes on and on. I've got a lot of guys in my life and friends that I've made over the years that are like this, but there was something refreshing to my soul about being around people like that. Because that, I could see, like, there's something different about them. Like, God is doing something in their life. And, and we can all resonate with that feeling of being around some people that aren't good for us. That are pulling us into sinful things. That are, that are just producing toxic negativity in our life. For whatever reason. And we're not going to do a deep dive into relationships tonight. But I just think that Jesus took this area of his life really seriously. It's kind of funny to read some of these little stories about Jesus. Like, he was kind of a weird kid. You know, like, I was, I was studying for this and looked up, like, Luke chapter 2. It says that, that um, Mary and Joseph and their fam go to Jerusalem to go worship at the temple. And then they, like, look, you know, they're, like, caravanning, and they look, and they're like, man, we haven't seen Jesus in a while. And they, it says they ask all of his friends and their family, have you seen Jesus? And they, they go back, and he's just, like, like the nerdy Bible kid who's like just sitting in church, like talking to the pastors, like asking them all these questions. And you're like, what, what 12-year-old does that? It says that it was, he did that when he was 12. A 12-year-old that cares and understands the people I put myself around impact who I am. Like Jesus took that seriously, even as a kid. And growing up, when he's picking out his friend group, the 12 disciples, Luke chapter 6 says this. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. And spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. Jesus took his close friend group really, really seriously. And it's why I really believe that after Jesus died and rose again and went back to heaven, he commanded us to go, like, to build the church to go make disciples and to support one another. And it's like why we need things like the block. It's why we need this. It's because it's a part of our design. And for us to really rest well, we need to put ourselves around people that are going to be refreshing to us and people that are going to point us to Jesus. And I love, like, like their life, you know. It's not like all, Je it's not like all they did. And sometimes we think of, like, their life as, like, it was totally hard and they, man, son of man has nowhere to lay his head. You know, and it's like, and like those are true things. Like they did a lot of really hard work, but it's like, if you also look at the stories, they're like going from party to dinner to another party to another dinner. And it's like, yes, Jesus and his friends worked so hard to build the kingdom of God. And they healed people and they prayed for them and they ministered every single day, long, hard days. But they had this really cool rhythm of doing life together. I mean, how many times is Jesus accused by other people saying, like, you guys are always eating and drinking with sinners and tax collectors. And what Jesus modeled for us in our life is this amazing rhythm of being able to be social and to have fun with your friends, but also at the same time, like, understanding I'm always living on mission everywhere I go. And Jesus didn't really live a life of balance. He had really early mornings and really late nights, like really hard seasons and really restful seasons. 
And we're going to continue to see that in his habits that Jesus didn't really live a life of balance, but he lived a life of rhythm. And I think one of the core reasons for that is because he surrounded himself with, excuse me, refreshing relationships. It's amazing to see. Maybe just a couple uh, reflection questions if you're a note taker. You might want to take a picture of these or write them down. What kind of relationships do you have in your life? Would you define your relationships as spiritually refreshing or spiritually draining? Do you have friends that, that you can have refreshing fun with that isn't leading you to sinful or negative places? Are your friend groups only focused on superficial things? I mean, nothing wrong with these things, but, you know, things like sports or, you know, being social and going out or, or, or just simple hobbies. Or do you have friendships that really care for your soul? And I told the guys earlier, I'm going to do kind of a shameless plug for, for groups. I'm kind of a small groups guy. Like, I don't know all of your guys' relationship with, like, a local church in here, you know, and some of you guys have had great experiences there and you're super plugged in and some of you guys haven't. But, like, I will tell you, like, please, like, you, you've got to get connected to a local church and a, and a local community of people that you can just do life with. Like, that's at Legacy Christian Church, we call them life groups for a reason because it's this... This, this circle of people you can do life with. That when you have days off that you can go to when you're really tired to be refreshed by them. And I, if you have questions about that, you can go talk to Nick Swearingen here at, at Lenexa Baptist or you know, Luke Hoagland over at, um, at, at you know, he's kind of connected with Journey or any of the amazing churches that are here. I just want to encourage you guys, get plugged in. Don't see that part of your life as optional. It will change your life completely getting around refreshing people in your life. E in the uh, little acronym is, um, is exhaling. It's just taking a second to stop and breathe out. I think for a lot of us, when we feel that there's something missing, when our life, we see that there's like a deficiency maybe in our habits or our rhythms, you know, and we feel like there's something missing, like at least this is my, the case for me, like my knee-jerk reaction is to add something. You know, I'm like, I, okay, I've got a problem with this, then I need to start a new rhythm, I need to start a new habit. I need to start doing this new thing or read this book or listen to this podcast. You know, we feel lonely. So we think the solution is to like, to, I need to add a boyfriend or I need to add a girlfriend or I need to add a, add a, new, add, add a new circle or I need to add, maybe I need to be going out more with this crew. You know, and we start adding things and we continue to put more in. You know, think about like inhaling. You can only bring in so much. You know, maybe for like when it comes to finding true rest in the Lord, to be recreated, we don't need to add another thing. I think oftentimes we need to slow down and to stop. I mean, Jesus in Mark chapter 1 says that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Mark chapter 4, a couple chapters later, it's really a weird story. It says that for over a whole month, that for 40 days, Jesus gets up and he just goes out into the desert by himself and he doesn't do anything. And you think about, man, why does he do that? Like, why does Jesus get up and get, go, go be in like total solitude out in the desert for 40 days? I think it's because he understood that that was the only way that he could really hear from the Lord. This quote from Henry Nouwen is really powerful. It says that solitude is the furnace of transformation. Without solitude, we remain victims of our society and continue to be entangled in the illusions of the false self. 
I think Jesus went out into the desert to reconnect with his father and to really be refreshed and to prepare for the season of ministry that was coming his way. It's a powerful thing that we all need to think about. And maybe just a, a, a tool to put in your tool belt that's, been help, that's helped me over the years is a concept that I picked up from um, some training that I've done with, with some discipleship training is this concept of spiritual breathing, of living this rhythm of breathing in the truth of God's word and breathing out just the negativity and the sin that goes against it. And to have that as a daily habit of saying, man, as we, as we continue to breathe in the presence of God in prayer and in our quiet times that we breathe out our anxiety, and the things that follow us around so often. So maybe just to challenge a couple questions. How could you stop and spiritually breathe this week? Where in your life do you need to exhale? The S of that little acronym is this idea of Sabbath. Is Sabbath. Uh, we saw in that Genesis story that, that Jesus took the seventh day to rest, right? And it says that he set it apart as holy, and that word holy really is this concept of, of taking something and making it different and making it unique and making it really special. And in our society today, like, we don't understand the concept of this. Like, the Sabbath is this, like, ancient, like, Jewish tradition that, that Jewish societies still follow. But, like, we've totally thrown that out the window. Like, we don't know how to take a day off. And as I was preparing for this, I was thinking of this story I just read in my quiet times recently in Exodus chapter 16. And, it's a, and it's, a, it's a crazy cool story of Moses and the Israelites. And so Moses delivers the Israelites from Egypt. They, they're out in the desert. They're all fired up. They're pumped. They're like, we're finally free. And then they're like, oh, crap, we don't have any food. You know, and so they like start getting really mad at Moses. And then what happens is like, okay, it's fine. I'll go pray. And he prays, and, and God does this crazy miracle. He's like, every single morning, I'm going to just make like... Uh, like bread from heaven they didn't even have a name for it so they called it manna which meant just like literally bread from heaven and little little quail like little birds that they could kill and eat every single day and that what it said that friday the day before the sabbath because their sabbath day was saturday that he would give them twice as much on friday just so they wouldn't even have to think about meal prepping for saturday and i'm like man that god is awesome like that and it says that every time that they went out and they wanted more or that they hoarded more than they needed or that they went out on the Sabbath looking for it, that, that, that it said that worms would get into their food and it would start to stink. And Moses he, he says this, he says, nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found nothing. That what they were looking for to satisfy them, nothing was there. And that the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions Bear in mind, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That's why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. And it's so simple, but it's this idea that God's giving you a day off. Take it. Like, enjoy it. And it's this thing that God has hardwired into being a human being is to take a, take a day out of your week. And to say, all right, God, like, you've given me this day to truly rest to do things that are recharging and refreshing for me, for you to fill that day spending time with refreshing relationships and, and spending time with God and, and going to your favorite coffee shop and, and just slowing down so you can, re, you can recharge, you can really hear from God in a way that doesn't just refresh you physically like getting a good night's sleep, that doesn't just refresh you mentally like going on a vacation, but something that refreshes you spiritually every single day week. It's a simple call, but God is offering you the Sabbath. 
I just want to encourage you guys to take it. A couple questions for you. You know, where has your schedule started to stink? Where you've got these things in your life that are good things, but they're so jammed into your life that you can't even enjoy them because they're stacked on top of all this other stuff. And you think more, 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 and God's saying, no, like take a day off. I think you'd be shocked what that will do to your schedule. What would honoring God with the Sabbath day look like for you? And how can you set a day aside as something different, special, and holy? And my last point is nothing crazy, but I think it's the most transforming thing that I've ever experienced in my entire life. And it's having a rhythm of a daily time with God. I mean, I really believe this. What what your soul, what my soul deeply longs for is the presence of God. Like every single time I'm really stressed and I'm really anxious and I'm really worried and I'm, I'm, I just feel like I'm frantic and crazy and things aren't working and I, and I feel like it's coming on me, I always take a step back and I'm like, it's, I'm not really praying a lot right now. Or if I am, it's like, me, 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 God, me, me, like I, this is what I need. And my prayer life is so about me. And I'm rushing through reading my Bible or maybe I'm not doing it at all. And I'm I'm working in ministry. I'm doing a lot of things for the Lord. I'm prepping a sermon. So it feels really spiritual. But it's not really going to meet with God and just sitting in his presence and enjoying it. And I don't know where you are with that, if that's ever been a part of your life or a rhythm. But I just want to encourage you with some scripture. I'm just going to read a couple verses and then we'll close. Psalm 1611. This is what Jesus is offering us. In his presence, you make known to me the path of life. You'll fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Isaiah 40, starting in verse 28, it's an amazing scripture. It says, do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired and weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I mean, it's not a secret. Being recreated spiritually daily and weekly is what Jesus is offering you when you go meet with him in his presence. When you worship him by yourself in your apartment and you learn how to have a rhythm of opening up his word and seeking him in prayer. And there's so many ways to do this. And I just want to offer this to you personally. Like if you're like, I want that, but I've never been able to have something that's stuck. Like I don't know how to do that. Like I don't know how to open up my Bible and spend time with God. I don't really know how to pray. Like I promise you like anyone here that's helping run this, anybody with you know, the, the crew, the connection crew with the lanyards, like, they want to meet with you and they want to talk with you. Any one of us would love to take you to coffee and go to lunch and just open up God's word with you and help you discover Jesus for yourself. And it's my prayer that every single one of us would leave tonight with a, a renewed and refreshed desire to grow in a rhythm of connecting with Jesus and having a personal time with God. So just to close, just a question What's your next step? Maybe you've been thinking about, as this talk has gone on, maybe some rhythms that are in your life that need to stop. 
Some of you guys maybe have some things you're like, I, I need to dial some things back. And for some of you, I hope, just an encouragement, I just encourage you to write down, you know, this, this REST acronym of maybe taking one of these little rhythms and applying it to your life in a fresh way this week. I want to challenge you to do that, and I really believe that it will encourage you, that God will meet you in that, and that it will help impact your life. So just a few discussion questions are going to be coming up on the screen, and um, I'll let you guys talk about those at your seats, but there's a little note card that's underneath of your chair with a pen, and I just want to challenge you to really practically, just to take something home with you, on one side of the note card, write a rhythm that you want to stop, or that you want to maybe change, and maybe write down one rhythm that you want to start. 